podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all that thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. Hello and welcome back to episode 101 of This Nomics Podcast. Thanks for those who listened to the previous one. Me and my boys Keith and Edward discussing, what do we even discuss again? Oh, um, business, um, why it's important to look at the contracts that you sign, not just looking at the end result when you see successful people. There's a hard process, a lot of hard work goes into making anything successful. So we spoke about the journey of that and just general guys chat. So make sure you check that out. Thank you for everybody congratulating me on 100 episodes. Thanks to all the listeners, especially the ones from day one when I think the first one, the first one I went to studio, second one I went to studio. I think the next few I recorded off my iPhone. <laughs> then I thought, this sounds a bit nuts. Then I had to buy some equipment and the equipment got better. And then eventually I got Andre who helped me with the sound. And now we're here. So hopefully the next hundred are way, way better quality. And you'll have some visuals when I can get my act together and learn how to edit them. But episode 101, we're starting this just myself. And we are talking money laundering. Hi, it's MXM and listen to the Dysonomics podcast because it's lit. So many of us have heard of the term money laundering, dirty money, washing money. What does that actually mean? So the actual definition of money laundering is the concealment of the origins of illegally obtained money, typically by means of transfers involving foreign banks or legitimate businesses. So it's where you take cash from illicit um, business activities, such as if you're selling drugs, guns, God forbid, um, human trafficking, terrorism, and then you're using that money and you're making it appear as if it was earned through legal business activity. So that's the term money laundering. So as, as I mentioned, you've, you may have heard of terms from watching TV or listening to music, wash money. So essentially illegal money, illicit money is dirty. So you can't just go to, I don't know, your local HSBC, well, I hope not, and have like loads of squadged up score notes and pinkies and fivers. I'm like, yo, I'm here to deposit this into my account. Don't be thinking, hold on, you've never deposited any more than £50 in your account. So where's this 15 racks come from? You can't do that. Obviously, that's a quick way to land yourself in jail. So you have to make the money appear as if it comes through legal business activity. So you have to wash the dirty money. And that's where you get the word launder. Launder means washed and ironed. Well, laundry is usually in, in the term of clothing, but that's what you do with money. You make the, you now wash the dirty money, it's now clean, and now you're good to go. So, why do people launder money? So they don't go to jail. Really and truly, they want to be able to enjoy the, the, the fruits of their illegal business labour. So when you're dealing with large amounts of illegal cash... It is inefficient and dangerous. Dangerous because you can just get caught or you can lose the money. And inefficient because you want to be able to use your money in everyday life. So many of us, if we want to buy a house, we have to show our bank statements for three months and have a deposit and be able to prove the means, I mean, our source of income. Um, If you want to obtain credit and just general everyday transactions, like you can't just... If you just have loads and loads of cash, it's a bit long. Oh, can I borrow a cash? You can't really send your money, your mum money via cash. You have to drive to the house and drop it off. Just, it's a lot easier when you have your money with, already within the financial 
institution, institutional system. So that's why they want to wash their money so they can just operate like everyday civilians. Now, the main thing is how. Some of you who may work in the professional, biz, uh, professional um, aspect of life, you may have been heard of the term AML, anti-money laundering. Um, I've worked in the legal sector and also financial services. So you get put into these anti-money money laundering courses and it's really boring. They tell you, oh yeah, if you get people asking to deposit large sums of cash and especially from areas like Nigeria and stuff like that. So this podcast, I made sure I gave you examples from the Western world so they don't try and make it seem like there's only money laundering in one place. There's money laundering everywhere. And some of these institutions money launder for some of the peakest of peak criminals. So how? So I'm going to give you some information on how people money launder after I drink water because I am mad thirsty. The most common way, which many of us have seen on TV, um, shout out to those who watch Power. So you know about Ghost, Tasha. I still call her Lala, I forget what her, her character's name, and Tommy. They money launder through the use of cash-based business. So you have a legitimate cash-based business. For those who've watched Power, there's the, I think the hair shop, there's the Club Truth. Truth looks popular, I wish I'd go there one day. And then I think they might have another business. I think it might have been a, like a laundry service, which is quite ironic, or I might be confusing that with another show. So these are businesses that you usually get um, daily cash receipts. So people are putting actual cash into, into your till. So at the club, people will be buying drinks and maybe food. Um, at the hair shop, people are paying for hair or nails. Whereas maybe other businesses, other businesses, they may tend to deal with more bank transfers. So this way you can inflate the daily cash receipts with your illicit cash. And that essentially funnels the dirty money through the business and into the bank. And obviously the, the illegal criminals, they own obviously the illegal activity, illegal business organization, but they also own the legitimate business. So the money's coming to their account. So they have washed the money through through these cash bits. So for those who watch um, Power, essentially Truth, the hair shop, they're just like the laundry machine that just cleans up the money from the drug game. So another way is by, by use of third parties. Criminals may seem, may seem to buy properties using a family member as a legal owner. So let's say I'm a, um, I have a drug cartel called a Disu cartel and I use uh, my camera guy, Andre, he's a close friend of mine. I'm like, yo, Andre, um, here's 500 rats, go buy a house in Jamaica. And then he's now the legal owner. And because Andre's got no criminal activity, criminal record as far as I'm aware, um, he's described as a clear skin. So he's got, no, he's got no criminal record and no obvious links to me. So that way I have um, cleaned some of my money. Another method is using loans or mortgages to layer and integrate illicit funds into high value assets such as real estates. So I could take out a loan um, or I could take out a mortgage and then I'm paying it back using large, um, large lump sums of cash or regular structured cash amounts. So I'm putting in 10 racks, 10 racks, 10 racks, 10 racks each time. This way, the dirty money is now intertwined with the clean money. You can't tell which is which. So that's another way of like kind of bundling dirty and clean money together and it will come in out clean. Another method is manipulation of property values. So when you're buying or selling real estate at a price either um, significantly higher than market value or significantly lower than market value, the buyer and the seller slash third party, 
So it could be like a real estate agent that's in on it. Collude in under to overestimate or underestimate or undervalue the property. And the difference between the value, so let's say the property is 500 grand, me and, the one me and Andre are going to buy illegally. So we either inflate it to 600 grand or deflate it to 400 grand. And then we cover the deflation inflation amount of 100 grand each way by like kind of like a, you know, underneath the table, undisclosed cash payment. So everybody gets their money, but we've washed our money in the same way. Another, another example, structure it, structuring of cash deposits to buy real estate. So if you deposit crazy sums of cash into a bank account, it's going gonna, it's gonna to obviously alert the bank and they're going to start to investigate deeper. And I'm not sure if anybody saw this on social media this week. Based, essentially, I think it was in Miami, there was this um, gentleman who worked in customs. I think drug cartels used him to funnel money in it. So and he'll also send this money to his daughter who was at university somewhere. But obviously she was doing drip or drown. So she'll have pictures, Chanel this, Gucci that, Hermes this, Ferraris. And then we're thinking, hold on, your dad makes like 40 racks a year. How on earth are you living like this? And that's how she got nabbed. So a smart way is by, so he was trying to deposit regular, but amounts that won't alert the bank. So let's say you go in, let's say you find 500 grand worth of drug money. You can't just slap 500 grand, 500 grand into your NatWest account. If, as the moment you deposit it, MI5 is outside the door ready to wrap you up because this is just clear, clear illegal activity. So what you should do, or I say what you shouldn't do, but if you were going to do this, don't do this, but if you were, you deposit like little amounts, maybe 500, 500 pounds, 3,000, 5,000 at maybe different banks. So maybe you drop five racks in your NatWest, um, four racks in your Halifax, another few, your Monzo, whatever. Actually, no, you can't really do that. I'm not sure you can do cash deposit on Monzo or let's say um, Barclays or Lloyd's. And then you might go to different branches. That way it doesn't raise any flags. Well, that's how it should work. Another example is rental income. So if you own a property and you rent it out, you earn income from it. So if I'm paying my landlord three grand a month, my landlord is eating three grand a month. So that's what, how can I not do my, 36 grand a year, sorry. My math is terrible at this point. So how um, do the illegal people then use, use this to their advantage in terms of money laundering? So criminals will lease out properties to generate this income. So let's say I own a property, that mean the one me and Andre bought in Jamaica for five hundred five hundred thousand dollars. We're going to loan. We're going to rent it out to get rental income. Let's say two grand. So what we can do is, Andre's got a friend called I don't know Dyson Hoover. I just saw Hoover. His boy Dyson needs a place to so let's stay. I'm like yo Dyson, I'll rent you this property, but not only will I rent it to you, I'll also give you the money to pay for it. So I give Dyson the two grand a month to pay for the rent, but it's because it's my money. I'm now washing it. So it's now looking like legal, legal money coming into my bank account. Or I could just give him 1,000 or 500 or whatever amount. So depositing it, so now, or I could just deposit money to accounts under the guise of having legitimate rental income, but I'm actually not, which is probably a lot more risky because you might have to prove it. Another method of laundering cash is by using front company shell companies or trusts. Uh, a shell company is an inactive company used as a vehicle for various financial manoeuvres or kept dormant for use in some future capacity. 
and a front company is an entity set up or con that's controlled by another organization. So front companies are used by like intelligence agencies such as the CIA, FBI, um, MI5, all used by organized crime groups such as big gangs or terrorist cells or by banned organizations. So the parent group without the actions, so it's a parent group without the actions attributed to the, to the subgroup. So how do these work? They either established domestically or offshore, so places like Panama, um, where else? Uh, what's that place called? Bermuda, all these type of places, to money, to money order through real estate. So a property is held in the name of these companies. So let's say I've got a shell company called um, Supermalt, and I pump money, into, I use this shell company to purchase uh, property. <laughs> The property is held in the name of these shell companies and is controlled by Andre. So Andre, he's the third party. He's a clear skin. He's got no illegal, he's got no illegal activity on his resume. So he's, so he's got a, he's got the shell company called Supermob, but really and truly is my company. So he can't really trace it back to me. And quite a lot of Nigerians um, do this. So I'm talking about the people who work in big businesses and government. So they will do a lot of, basically stealing money <laughs> and then they will wash it by going to Dubai. That's their choice of their favorite choice. Like Dubai's got loads and loads of supply of property without the demand to match it. So they've got loads of empty apartments. So Nigerians are also, oh yeah, Joe, yeah, I've got 10 million um, US dollars. I'm going to use 10 million to buy a bunch of property. I don't even know, I'm not even going to rent it out, but now I've got $10 million worth of legal assets on my books instead of just this dirty money that I stole from from the government, which should be useful people, but that's a story for another day. So those are the methods. I've, told, I've said what money laundering is. I said how it is done and why it is done. Now I'm gonna give you some big cases in the last like 10 or so years, 10 to 20 years. In 2012, HSBC forfeited 1.2 billion pounds for having inadequate anti-money laundering controls. They had supplied banking services and US dollars to some banks in Saudi Arabia, despite connections with terrorist, terrorist financing. So obviously the US government said you can't work with these type of institutions because they are funding money and helping terrorists. And obviously HSBC just went to the bank, so they did it anyway. They dodged restrictions to prevent transactions involving Iran, North Korea, and other um, nations subject to international sanctions. And also more recently in 2017, so that's only two years ago, uh, a case was finally settled after they were caught red-handed, essentially money laundering for Mexican drug cartels, a total of $881 million. And you can see this on Netflix. If you search Dirty Money, I think it might be episode five. It's a very, very um, informative episode. You'll be surprised. And obviously, nobody went jail. But if I was to do an AC for five racks, you'd be screaming free me. It's a bit of a joke. Anyway, in 1998, Nauru, I'm not sure if I'm getting that right, so any Australian people, let me know. It's an island off Australia, and it, it, it wasn't really prospering, so it turned to offshore banking. And what happened was that Russian criminals were laundering an estimated £54 billion through shell companies. They allowed, um, NARA allowed banks to function without verifying any ID or ask where the money came from. So for those who have ever opened a bank account, you have to bring in maybe a passport, a driver license, um, a proof of address, so like a utility bill, uh, national insurance number, so on and so forth. These lot were like, listen, we don't even care who you men are. You lot got P, come on, work with us. 
Oh, you know, just put in one billion pounds, one one million pounds worth of cash. I'm going to ask for where that came from because I'm eating off the top. So it doesn't make difference to me. In 2012, another company you may have heard of, Standard Charter Bank, they're accused by the New York Department of Financial Services for helping the Iranian government to circumvent US anti-money laundering laws to funnel 191.8 billion pounds across 10 years. So, Santa Charter Bank were helping the Iranian government circumvent rules so they can obviously make money. They had to pay 262 million to the NYDFS and then another 232 million. So they paid just over half a billion, even the half a billion, um, half a half a billion worth of um, fine money, even though they anti-money laundered almost two hundred billion. And now, two thousand and ten, Wachovia, which is now under, the, which is now Wells Fargo, so you, they're the, one of the biggest banks in America. From two thousand and five, the Drug Enforcement Agency, so the DEA. So if you ever heard of Narcos or um, what's it called? El Chapo on Netflix or just watch any drug type of shows like The Wire, etc. The DA are the people tasked with trying to clamp down on, on drugs, drug organisations. So it's from 2005, the DA investigated the Mexican cartels which were smuggling US dollars. Obviously, they were making mad money. We've seen El Chapo, we've seen um, Narcos. The, the sheer amount of cash that these people were making was just ridiculous. So... The money was exchanged and deposited. Money, no, money exchanges deposited um, these large amounts of money into Mexican banks. So, for those who've watched Narcos and El Chapo, you'll see these people come to the banks with suitcases full and full of dollars. If I came to Barclays with a suitcase full of pee or like a Goyard duffel bag, they'll look at me, they'll press one button, <laughs> and I'll be wrapped because they're thinking, what the hell's going on? But obviously, in Mexico, everybody knows what time it was. And, li- and some of them, like, listen, if we don't do this, these people will say, no, this is a picture of little Juan. So if you don't do this, then man might forget burst. So some people do this under duress, or some people just doing it just to eat. So the money exchange is deposited large amounts of US of dollars into the Mexican banks. Obviously, these banks weren't checking niche, as I told you about HSBC earlier. And then the funds were now passing through Wachovia accounts in America which of course they didn't do any checks. Any remaining banknotes, like legitimate hard banknotes, were shipped back to USA using the Wachovia bulk cash services. Again, origins weren't checked. An estimated $292.5 billion were money laundered. And now the most recent case to wrap up, Danske Bank. This is the biggest bank in Denmark. They're in a bit of a peak situation. So... They're involved in a 200 billion euro uh, money laundering um, um, case. So these euros flowed through a non-resident Estonia bank branch between 2007 and 2015. And the money mainly came from Estonia, Russia, Latvia, Cyprus, as well as Britain, going to places like Turkey, as well as the ones that I've mentioned. And of course, again, they use shell companies to restrict and cover their identity. And even, even more information on the, on the dirty money case, it was mad the way um, HSBC were doing it. Obviously, they saw, raw the men are eating in Mexico, you know? Like, there's mad, mad pee to get. So obviously, they bought a young bank there, and then they set up. Obviously, if my name is... Okay, he's, in, he's dead now, but if my name is Osama Bin Laden, and then I typed in, and I'm working in, I don't know, HSBC, Mexico City, and I'm like, 
okay, Osama Bin Laden's come in. Osama Bin Laden on my computer. Automatically, there's going to be eternal checks on your red flag. So what that man will do is type in O, zero, Sama, they might use S as a dollar sign. They'll put in a full stop or a hyphen in between the words so it doesn't alert the internal red flag system. And man, then were just funneling cash upon cash upon cash. And it's funny because you'll see email threads from private bankers, financial directors, the CEOs, CEOs, all these main big players. And nobody goes to jail. But again, if we were to do a young AC, we're going to jail. So... It's very, very interesting how white collar crime is treated. And even, even, oh, even remember when David Cameron was caught on camera telling the queen, telling the queen about the, um, there's a lot of corruption in Nigeria. And although many people don't be a fan of him, neither am I, but President Buhari was like, listen, big, big talk coming from you lot, but you know that a lot of our cash is in your banks and your um, real estate market because loads of Nigerians will come here and buy properties in Notting Hill, Chelsea, Kensington, cash. I can't buy a property cash. If I try to buy a property cash, they are on my ass. But if, I don't know, Olua, Olua criminal from Lagos comes here with 20 M's and buys 10 properties in Notting Hill, nobody's saying nothing, but people want to talk. So very, I hope I've informed you of the nature of money laundering and this level of fraud is not just always the local guy from ENDS that you may feel like some of the biggest institutions are involved and complicit in fraud from governments to banks to insurance companies and all sorts. So yes, that is episode 101. Make sure, oh, I should be saying make sure you're subscribing. I'm on YouTube now. Yeah, make sure you're subscribing that. I'm not doing no YouTube voice. I'm keeping a thriller. Just press the subscribe button, tell a friend to tell a friend. Also, don't forget, trending Sundays, every Sunday, Bank Holiday's coming up, so come and fag you with us. Um, Jibito in Camden, very easy to get to. Six to 12. I think happy hour's like six to nine, so you can get some good prices on drinks. Tickets, you just type in trending Sundays on Shubs, and that's trending without a G. Or just follow me or at Big Man US on Instagram, and we'll point you in the right direction. Hmm, anything else I need to promote? Uh, make sure you follow my podcast on, it's now on Spotify as well so if, just type in Dissonomics on Spotify and yes until next week peace Sports Social Podcast Network